Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. You're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. Go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, we are giving away $200 in slot play to Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casinos up in Blackhawk. First four callers are going to get 50 bucks each if you have one in the past. You're not eligible to win again. While you're up there, you can check out their latest promotion. They are giving away... Over $17,000 in cash or up to $30,000 towards the lease or a purchase of a vehicle from Omera Ford. They're giving that away the weekend of January 22nd and 23rd. Get on up there. Do it on us. 303-831-1340. 303-831-1340. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. All right, the Broncos are officially up for sale. So all the money that you've been saving, Mace, now you can apply it as a down payment to be the owner of the Denver Broncos. I know that you had to wait for that uh, lawsuit Mm -hmm. between the Broncos and Edwin Kaiser. Edgar. Uh, What did I want to say? Edwin. Edwin. What did I say? You said Edwin. It's Edgar. Oh, Edgar. Yeah. Okay, either way. (laughs) Either way. Um, The... Right of first refusal that Kaiser was trying to impose, or at least his estate was trying to impose, mm-hmm. is no longer valid or enforceable in any respect, according to a Denver judge. So with that, the Broncos are officially up for sale. Our friend Woody Page put out a tweet about an hour ago that was interesting and then just put out something else. So this is what he said. With the lawsuit over, Joe Ellis will announce a plan for new ownership quickly. According to his sources, six candidates are going to bid for the Broncos. Peyton Manning and John Elway will be in different groups. Another Colorado-based group is doing research so they can make a bid. And Woody just put this out on Twitter. Bolin family members could still be involved. NFL sources told Woody there has been much interest from members of the Bolin family, and the plot thickens. And the question is, are they with Peyton Manning? Are they with John Elway, or are they with somebody else? Well, I don't think, and I could be wrong, I don't think either of them would want the... I don't think either of them would necessarily want the Bolin family involved. Now, if they're going to be involved as minority partners, Mm -hmm. that's fine. But John Elway wants to do Joe Ellis's job, and I believe that Peyton Manning would want to do Joe Ellis's job. They're not going to say, hey, Brittany, uh, you've been groomed for this, so you can have it. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, Johnny's getting nowhere near the building, no matter how many TikTok videos he does with a spoon up his nose. Now, now. He deserved that. But the interesting thing is this, like if the Bowen family members are involved, presumably like if there were, say, two or three of the siblings that wanted to stay, it would just simply be simply a matter of them not not selling their their shares. Right. And so then, for example, if three Bowen heirs were involved, then that would mean that 67% of the team was sold 
and 33% of it was maintained by the by the specific children of Pat Bolin who were involved. Yeah, what their wishes would be. Right. Can we be a minority partner? But if all three of them right. grouped together and they had the majority ownership, that just would not work. Do you make anything of the fact that in the search committee, as reported by Mike Kliss, Brittany Bolin is not a part of that? The search committee? Yes. Well, she's not part of the trust. Right. So why should she be? Well, because she... But presumably, if she if she were going to be involved with the team, you would want her at least kind of in the meetings. Like Patrick Smythe is going to be in the meetings with potential head coach candidates I say this, as their VP of communication. I say this with all due respect to Brittany Bowen. I'm sure she's a brilliant woman. Um, why would she be involved? She's been involved with the Broncos for a couple of years as a as a vice as one of the vice presidents of the team. Not uh, and again, not all vice presidents are involved with the with this, but the fact that she presumably would be in position to have a larger role. That's why well, it's but, interesting but here's that, something that she's else. not involved. Here's something else to consider. I think it's a conflict of interest if she's involved because she could wind up getting a bigger financial stake. She could have a rooting interest in this because she is the only one to truly benefit financially. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. So I, I think it would be a conflict of interest if she was involved. Listen, I'm sure Brittany Boland has done great things for the Broncos. I know she worked for the NFL. She certainly has a higher education, as high as anyone. Mm-hmm. I get all that. But the only reason why she has an office is because her last name is Boland. That's it. Yeah. Patrick has been there for a long time. Joe has been there for a long time. There are a lot of people who have been involved with the organization, and they should be involved. In this, with that, we did a poll. Uh, put that out probably about forty-five minutes ago. We put out on Twitter on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. We asked the fans of the ownership groups, and there are reportedly six. There could be seven. Manning would be involved with one, and Elway would be involved in the other. The fans would like who to win? Peyton Manning. By a landslide. Are you surprised? Because I'm not. No. And obviously, recency bias matters. But the last six seasons have been pretty traumatic, particularly the last five, uh, not even having winning seasons, the longest stretch of losing seasons in Bronco history since the first uh, 13 years of the franchise. I think the fan base is simply ready to move on from John Elway. The poll, by the way, as it stands right now, just under a thousand votes already in. You can vote on that at Mace Denver on Twitter. 88% say they'd prefer a group with Manning. 7% would prefer a group with John Elway. 5% would prefer a group with neither. Well, listen, John Elway, people would assume John Elway is going to step into his old role. He would not. He would want to be the Joe Ellis of the team, the president of the organization. Pat, Peyton Manning, I believe, would want to be the president of the organization. That means you are the guy making the business decisions. If we're being completely honest, who has more of a resume as being a businessman and more success being a businessman? That's an easy answer because he's been doing it longer. Right, John and That is John Elway. But well, Peyton Manning has accomplished a lot in a relatively short time. Uh, no one's, gonna, no yeah. one's going to debate that. Right. What Peyton Manning has done that is so impressive is he started a production company, and that production company has done amazing things while hooking up 
with ESPN to distribute its programming. A lot of people believe, and I can understand why, that when Manning and when Eli and Peyton do their Monday night thing on ESPN2, people believe that's an ESPN production. It's not. It's an Omaha production. That's right. Everything Peyton and Eli are involved with is an Omaha production. That's and this right. Is, they own the yeah. rights to it. And there's a, a, a very savvy person in television history who really kind of guided Peyton in the direction of ownership and having control. And that's right. David Letterman, right. who famously left NBC for CBS. And a huge reason was CBS would let him own the show of Late Night with David Letterman. I got a crazy question. Ownership is where ownership of the in production is where the money is. I got to tell you something. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Everybody should own their own show, don't you think? I agree. Because you could do really well if you own the show. You cut it, yeah. You you don't have all the middle people that you're paying, right? Danny, what do you think of that? What do you think about owning a show? You think that financially could be beneficial? Probably, I think so too. Probably very lucrative. I think that I think that Peyton Manning and David Letterman, cheers to that, are on the right track. I agree. That makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> Coming up after the break, uh, somebody tweeted to me along with a bunch of other people in the media, and they were upset. Her name is Sharika. Actually, I've known Sharika for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tweeted that no one has talked about at all that the Rockies specifically Dick Monfort, hired his 30-year-old son, Sterling, to be the director of professional scouting. No one has talked about it. And at first glance, you're like, are you blanking kidding me? We're going to talk about this next. I had three or four very long conversations with people in the know at the Rockies organization about this. Is this purely nepotism or... Is this not so crazy? I'll tell you what they told me next. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Well, everybody knows the Montford name, and everyone's going to know the Montford name a little bit more. As we get ready for this upcoming segment, welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Mason. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale loan to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Colorado Off-Road. The weather is going to turn, so what are you going to do when you need to winterize your car? My suggestion, go to Colorado Off-Road. They have all the major accessory brands for your truck, your car, your Jeep, your SUV. When you buy from Colorado Off-Road, you know what? They're going to install everything. They can get you something aftermarket as 
as well. The big box stores, they're not going to do that. But that's the type of service you are going to get from Jerry and his crew at Colorado Off-Road. And speaking of Jerry, he's a Littleton guy, and his business is in Littleton. Support local. Don't support those big national chains. Go to Colorado Off-Road. Upfit today. Colorado Off-Road. They are Colorado-grown, Colorado-owned. That's Colorado Off-Road. Go find them in Littleton or go to COOffRoad.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at RMEurosport.com. All right, May. So I was uh, just checking my Twitter feed yesterday, and uh, Sharika Hagen, a, a woman who I actually met a very long time ago. We happen to follow each other on Twitter. She's a big Rockies fan, and she sent out a tweet to many of us, many of us in the media, a couple of radio guys, Nine News, Patrick Saunders, ESPN, CBS Sports, because she felt a story that recently happened was completely overlooked, not only locally, but nationally. If we're being completely honest, it's not really a national story, but you can make the case it is a local story. But with the Broncos season ending, you know, what's going on with the Nuggets, what's going on with the Avalanche, Broncos coaching search, ownership, quarterback. It's fair to say we overlooked it, but you know who did pick it up? Purple Row. They are a Rockies dedicated website. Mm -hmm. They picked it up. She tweeted something out. She tagged me on it. This is the story. Dick Monfort hired his 30-year-old son, Sterling, to be the director of professional scouting. The former assistant GM, John Weil, who's no longer with the team, previously held the position that Sterling has, and he was also the director of pro personnel. Talking about Weil. So Weil was a former GM, assistant GM, director of pro personnel, and the director of scouting. Now, Sterling is just the director of scouting. So let's talk about Sterling's background. Graduated Arizona State, and when he graduated, he joined the Rockies immediately. He worked his way up through the organization over the last eight years. He was a coaching assistant with the then-rookie league Grand Junction Rockies, 2013. Starting with the 2014 season, he worked with the big league team as a scouting and field advisor. He was promoted to the position of assistant director of scouting operations in 2018. He has been with this organization for eight years now. And before you jump in, and I want you to say whatever you want to, listen to what I'm saying before you jump down my throat. I understand nepotism. And I'm not going to defend the move. But Sterling Monfort is far more qualified to be the director of professional scouting for the Rockies than Brittany Boland does running the Broncos. And it's not close. In her position right now or being in charge? It being in charge. It's not even close. The, it's like secretary at the Belmont. There's no comparison. And I agree. Because Good. To, his cre- to his credit, he has worked his way up. In fact... It, it sort of reminds me of how when um, when the Bush family ran Anheuser-Busch Brewery, they started, started something like the mailroom. You know, it was always, you know, work your way up. To his credit, he has done the grunt work. The question, I guess, that is worth asking is, is, does he have this opportunity, would he have had this opportunity 
if his last name were not Monfort. Absolutely not. Yeah. And, I don't think any any reasonable person would argue that. And this is an important position here. And I think it's well, uh, well it's okay. it's less about nepotism and it's more about what is still an incredibly insular organization yes. that seems resistant to bringing in some fresh outside voices Correct. that could challenge the status quo over at 20th and Blake. The Rockies organization is the Hotel California. Yeah. It is now. And we've seen it with other teams and other sports too. And generally, I mean, I think back to like what the Arizona Cardinals were in Bill Bidwell's lifetime. In the NFL, that was regarded as kind of the most insular and to some degree the biggest slack job you could get because you could mess up and they and you could still be still have a job and they wouldn't ever look outside. So allow me to share three separate conversations I had with people who know Dick Montfort well, who know Ster- who knows Sterling well, who knows Walker well. Walker's the older brother. Walker is on track to take over for Dick Montfort. Yes. Okay. Sterling wants to be on track to eventually probably be the GM of the team. Yes. With that, what I've been told by everyone, all three people, you can say what you want to about Dick Montfort, and I'm not going to sit and defend Dick Montfort. You can say what you want to about Dick Montfort, but for being a millionaire billionaire, he has raised some really, really grounded kids. Smart, hardworking. He made them work their way up. But isn't that, I think that was let also, me, but that's also the case with the businesses outside of baseball that Montfort's been a part of. Okay. Really grounded, really smart, really hardworking kids. Walker started on the grounds crew. Okay. And then you have Sterling starting as, as low as you can get. Working. Rookie league ball. In Grand know, Junction. Yes. Or wherever, wherever it was. It was Grand Junction, yeah. Okay. Working his way up. Um, as far as the position goes, it's important to put this into perspective. Okay. It's important to put this into perspective. John Weil, who left the organization, he was the assistant GM, director of pro personnel, and the director of pro scouting. The reason I'm repeating that is John Weil held three jobs, essentially. Okay, Mm -hmm. It's been parsed off now. Sterling is handling one. It's the director of professional scouting. What I have been told is this. You have your professional scouts, and he is in charge of gathering data. That's his job, okay? Gathering data. Now, he's been out scouting in the past. Don't get me wrong. But he is not the guy who runs the scouting department, the pro the pro scouting but, department. And pro scouting department's very important, though. Because, but hold on. Let me finish. Okay. Mace, yeah. he's not running it. Because no. if he was, you'd be like, are you kidding me? That's not his, from what I've been told, by someone who knows the inner workings there, that's not his job description. His job description is, let's say you have five scouts. They all send in their reports, right? And he takes them and he compiles them and he puts them together. So when they're looking to make a trade for a minor league guy or they're looking to make a trade for a major league guy, he has all of that information. He will go out and do some of his own scouting, but he is not running 
the scouting department. This is something he is they, not the director. Let me finish. Yeah, this is something they could have used at the trade deadline, remember? Right. He is not the director tell. of pro personnel. He is the director of scouting. He organizes everything. He will go out. Now, When as, as it was said to me, when 10 guys are sitting in a room talking about a potential trade, Sterling's opinion, while important, is 7th or 8th in that room. It's not... It's not way up there with Bill Schmidt and the assistant GM. The scouts will probably have more say. It's not to discount what Sterling has learned. It's not to discount how good he could possibly be. A lot of people are screaming nepotism, and let's call it like it is. It is. It is. But I have a lot of... Like you said, he doesn't have this opportunity at this point, probably if his last name isn't Monfort. Here is my analogy. Here is my analogy. Walker Monfort and Sterling Monfort are the equivalent of Beth and Brittany Bolin. Have the last name, but worked because they want it. Wasn't given to them. They got the opportunity and they took advantage of it. Which is reassuring. We're not talking about Johnny Bolin. And that's who, got, what, who had a job and that's, in the organization and blew it. And that's where I was going next. Walker and Sterling are not Johnny Bolin. They are far more similar to Beth and Brittany. Now, Beth and Brittany, let's be honest, as as older women are far more accomplished. No reasonable person, at least in terms of education, in terms of MBA, law school, so on and so forth. And Brittany's worked for, you know, the, the NFL and worked for the Broncos, and so is Beth, so on and so forth. All I'm saying is, is it nepotism? Yes. I've read some stuff where people have said, listen. Sterling Monfort would would never even be in a major league organization if it wasn't for his last name. No one would even hire him. That might yeah. be true. That might not be true. But he might not have this position, but I think he, he could be somewhere. Quoting yeah. our good friend, Nolan, who runs the controls for milehighsports.com, here's your double entendre of the day. Mm-hmm. This was a total dick move. Oh, nice. But he, I think. But if that, I think to me, the more important thing here, reveal. it's less about the last name Monfort. It's more about once again yes. this this organization doesn't look outside. Correct. And he is a part of. You say like he's seventh or eighth of the ten people in that room that when they're talking about okay, uh, you know when. When this lockout ends, all right, if there's going to be a lot of dominoes that fall really fast mm-hmm. in terms of free agents on one or two year deals coming in to right. kind of patch the patch the major league roster up. Right. When that happens, the problem that the Rockies still have is everybody in that room is versed and raised in the Rockies way, as it were. Well, and and let's face it, I'll tell you this story. is not the cardinal way. This is not the Oriole way of past decades of like Earl Weaver that was lauded. The Rocky way has resulted in not even a division title. Let me tell you a true story that happened when they were looking to potentially trade Trevor's story. I may have told this on the air. I may have told you. I was talking to a source about Sterling. Okay. Yeah. And I told him this story. You know what he said to me? I heard the same exact story. And this guy's part of the organization. Mm-hmm. So I'll just leave it at that. 
when it comes to when it comes to director of professional scouting, director of pro personnel, that means you are looking at current major leaguers or current minor, minor leaguers. leaguers. That, that's and that I think is the more important thing here. Right, current minor leaguers so when you're too, because they didn't trade. know they did not. As I believe you're saying, right, they didn't know what was in everybody else's system. Well, the, the, basically, the conversations. Maybe a GM would call Bill Schmidt and say, "What do you want for Trevor Story?" And Bill would take the phone, he'd press it up against his chest with a couple guys in the room. Hey, what do we want for Trevor's story? And the guys would look at Bill and be like, I, 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 I don't know. And then Bill would get back on the phone. He goes, uh, can, can, can I get back to you? And eventually the GMs are like, I can't deal with Bill Schmidt. Right. I can't deal with the Rockies. They have no idea what the hell they want. I was told that by an exe- a long-time mm-hmm. executive who knows what goes on inside that building. And this is why at the trade deadline, when everybody else was going in a direction of trying to build for this year or trying to stock the system, right. the Rockies were the only one of 30 clubs who had no direction. Most active trade deadline in the history of the sport. Yep. Everybody else had a direction but the Rockies. And right. because of that, they're going to get probably end up with probably less than they would have gotten for Trevor Story. And certainly because they didn't give John Gray a qualifying offer, they get bupkis for John Gray. I hope that Sterling Monfort is a great success. We all know why he got the job. But you know what? You have to do something with the job too. And I'll give you another example. Josh Kroenke does an excellent job. Yes, he does. But here, but excellent, he, excellent, yeah. excellent, excellent job with the Nuggets and the Avs. Here's the thing, though: if Sterling Monfort does not do a good job in this in he this won't get position, fired. he won't get fired, and that's the problem. But you know what? Neither will Josh. At this point, Josh is basically running the show, so there's no one to fire him. Well, once you're up top like that, no, no, no. Stan runs the show. Yeah, it's name only. Okay, but Stan's not going to fire his son, not to mention. And, listen, I, I, and this I, is part of the problem with nepotism, because who wants to who who has the stones? I'll tell you to this. fire a family member. Here. Josh Kroenke is excellent, specifically on the basketball side with what he does. He has hired he has hired three of the best GMs in basketball. Currently, you can make the case three of the top seven GMs he hired. Masai Ujiri. Tim Connolly and Arturis Karnasovas. He hired all three. So he's doing something right there. Stayed patient with Joe Sackick. How's that worked out? He's doing great. Not to mention, Josh Kroenke is one of the greatest guys you will ever meet in your life. As humble as you can possibly get. I am rooting for Sterling Monfort, despite all the mistakes his father has made. I'm rooting for him. Well, because the Rockies need to have some success. I mean, you root for all these moves to work out, these insular moves. Well, I just have my reservations. And you know what? You should, because it is nepotism. And you look at Walker, and it's the same thing. Yeah, relatively speaking, it's a problem. Maybe the sons are smarter than the father. Not when it comes to business, but when it comes to baseball. Well, you hope so. You hope that these are... Jim Ursay to Robert Ursay, not that Jim in the Colts, not that Jim Ursay is entirely stable, but he has done a lot of things the exact opposite of his father, and that has helped the Colts be avoid being the laughing stock they were for generations. Coming up after the break, the Broncos are a perfect 10 when it comes to interviews. They're going to be interviewing 10 people. The Chicago Bears, they're building a list as well. Which list do you like better? The Bears list or the Broncos list? That's next. Take you down. 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. All right, so the Broncos, their list of coaching candidates is now up to 10. And I'm just going to give their last names. O'Connell, Biennemi, Hackett, Moore, Getsy, Callahan, Quinn, Glenn, Gannon, Mayo. What do they have in common? Well, uh, offensively, you have six guys. Defensively, you have four guys. And only one guy <clears throat> has been an NFL head coach. And six of them are under the age of 40. Okay. As for the Chicago Bears list, as they are looking for a GM and a head coach, their list is Todd Bowles, former head coach, Brian Flores, former head coach, Leslie Frazier, former head coach, Dan Quinn, former head coach, Doug Peterson, former head coach, smell what I'm stepping in, in addition to Byron Lefwich, offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator, Brian Dayball, offensive coordinator, and Matt Eberflus from the Colts. With that, very different list. Couldn't be any more diametrically different. Mm -hmm. Which list would you rather have for the Broncos? Because I have often said of my preference for coaches who've done it before, Mm -hmm. made their first time mistakes elsewhere, Mm -hmm. I'll take Chicago's list. I would take the Broncos list. I'm sure you would. Yep, I would. Because I look at, I look at, here, let's look at some of the young. Now, I understand, and I know it is circular logic, but when you look at who are some of the really good young coaches in the league? Zach Taylor. Okay. Who else? Sean McVay. Gotcha. Keep going. Uh, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. Yep. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Anybody else Pop, pops in your head? I uh, can't really say Brian Flores anymore after what, ha- after, no. after what happened in uh, in Miami. Right. Um, so this is what yeah. I like. <laughs> this, this is what I like about the Broncos list. Kevin O'Connell has ties to that list that you just mm-hmm. mentioned. So does Nathaniel Hackett. So he's interviewing with the Bears. I mean, to be fair, that, that's fine. Yeah, I know. I understand that. Yeah. Getzey, mm-hmm. um, he has a tie to that, right? Yeah, I like that. I'm not saying you're going to get the next best guy. Yeah, but I, but I like that tree. I would have. I would say this. I, Byron Leftwich, a name on the Bears list. I would have liked to have seen on the Broncos list. He's Tampa Bay's offensive coordinator, yeah. and it's not just a Tom Brady thing. They had a top three offense with Jameis Winston at quarterback a couple of years back in 2019. And because there is the legitimate possibility that you are going into development of a new young quarterback, if you draft round one quarterback this year, mm-hmm. Brian Dayball, I think would have been a name worth having on the Broncos list as well. Who's interviewing with Chicago okay. because of his identification and development of Josh Allen. Here's the difference. I think between the Bears search and the Broncos search one you have a completely dysfunctional McCaskey family running the show. 
their president, Ted Phillips, has been there forever. And he's not involved with this. Yes, he is. No, they removed him from from football stuff. It's to focus on the Arlington Park property purchase and the new stadium. He's part of this. Yeah. He's part of this with Bill Polian. With Bill but Polian. But he doesn't have the primary voice on this I right now. I understand that, but yeah. he's part of the process, no. is what I'm saying. He's a voice in the room. They hired Bill Polian, a Hall of Fame GM, a guy that I covered with the Bills, who is one of the greatest talent evaluators of all time. With that, to describe the Chicago Bears and the McCaskey family, they are the NFL's version of the Rockies. That's the easiest way to describe the McCaskey family. Every bucket they step into, they hope, is a bucket of gold, and it's a bucket of poop. That's who the Bears are Mm -hmm. under the McCaskey family. And the people of Chicago want them out faster than you can imagine. Unfortunately, it's the tie to the Hallis family with Virginia McCaskey. With that... With Bill Polian involved, they want to go old school because they're an old school franchise with old school people. Ted and, Phillips has been there forever. And it wouldn't surprise me if as a result we even see Jim Caldwell's name end up on the that might Bears happen. list that because might of the Polian. They want to go with a guy that has done it before because they can't keep taking risks. Now, here, And here, also, I think that it's also a team that maybe kind of like where the Broncos were in 2011 when they hired John Fox. I was just going to go that there. This is an organization that with a young quarterback and a lot of dysfunction that said under Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, both younger guys, this is an organization that feels they have. Usually when you make a hire, it's often the opposite of Bingo. what you had. That's what I was going to say. And so the Broncos right. had an older coach. It was his first time, yep. an older defensive coach. Tend to do the opposite. And that's why you see a bunch of younger offensive guys. And I think they may actually try for a middle ground, which is, Dan Quinn right. with a younger offensive coach. Right. And Quinn has had success with Kyle Shanahan, Steve Sarkeesian as his OCs. Younger. So I think they I may agree. try to cut walk the line. The Bears, on the other hand, they just flamed I mean, out with the young guy, the young guys. Right. And now they're saying, How do we get an adult in the room again? Correct. And I believe that. And so to your point, and I agree that you tend to try and go the opposite. You know, Josh McDaniels, got to get an adult in the room. That's why you hire John Fox. With that, you look at the Bears, guys who have been around football for a long time, got burned by the young guy. Let's just go with what we know. Mm -hmm. As for George Payton, even if there was a young coach there before, not Vic Fangio, Mm -hmm. George Payton's a relatively young guy. Relatively young. He's in his fifties. Still relatively young. He's act. Yeah, he's actually. I believe he's older than ev- than every candidate on this list. Well, you know what? He looks young, and to me, he he's progressive. I think he's a forward thinking guy, and he looks at this list that he has and says, "I might have the next. I want to have the next Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan." I want the next. I want the next young hot guy. I think the other thing he wants, though, is I think he wants somebody he works hand in hand well with, and he will we, find. We, and I have no doubt he will find. I that mean, guy. like Miami, for example, sir, with Brian Flores getting fired on Monday, right. serves as, as an example of what can happen when the GM and the head coach ultimately are not on the same page. Right. Chris Greer and Brian Flores weren't on the same page. 
and Chris Greer won the power struggle. And that's why I think, again, even though he's not the young offensive mind, I do think Dan Quinn remains the favorite here because yeah, I, I agree. It, it does feel a lot like the Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott partnership that the two of them had kind of been chatting with each other. They got to know each other in Carolina and would say like, hey, what if if we ran things, we'd do it this way. We'd be, move, make move A, B, and C, and then they had the chance to be together Here's the and di- exact that vision. Here's the difference between Elway and Peyton. When Elway hired the young guy, Vance Joseph, you kind of got the feeling he wanted control right. over Vance Joseph. George Payton doesn't want that. He wants a true partnership. He doesn't want to get into the coaching and saying, this is how you do things. Mm -hmm. I think in some ways Elway wanted that control. But I'm going to liken Dan Quinn and all these other young guys to the automobile world. Mm -hmm. Dan Quinn is your highest class, let's just call it, of Mercedes. Yeah. Okay? Luxury ride. You know what you're getting. Dependable. Looks great. All of that. Mm -hmm. Went to a Super Bowl. Defensive coordinator of the Seahawks in 2013. He's very tactically creative, too, which is some... some, He's he's an innovative guy, schematically. Turned around the the Cowboys defense. Really Mm well-liked. Checks the boxes of being a great leader. Everybody likes the guy. He's your Mercedes. And I think George is more than happy to drive off the lot with that Mercedes. Mm -hmm. But he's looking at about five or six Lamborghinis in the lot. Mm-hmm. Things that can really go for a ride and could be exciting. But they could also break down. They can. It, and that's what the interview process is for. Mm-hmm. And you know what we call the interview process? A test drive. Yeah. So he wants to take O'Connell, Hackett, Moore, Getze. He wants to take those guys for a test drive. And if he likes being behind that wheel, I have no doubt that he will say, I love the Mercedes, but I want to go on this ride in that Lamborghini. No doubt he will do that. And I don't think you doubt that either, too. I think he'll want to go on the ride, but at the same time, he's all, George Payton is so thorough mm-hmm. that he's got all of the consumer reports, all everything in front of him. Right. And so he's going to know kind of what the risk is. Yep. Like, does this, is this... Is this thing going to keep going in the shop? And you know what that you, you, you know what that risk looks like? Yeah. Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. Also you, looks you, like you, you, Josh you. McDaniels. I mean you can no, go. No, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. No. Well, you can you go, go there 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 are a lot. Really not going down the Do you think George Payton, if would even consider he would kick a guy like Josh McDaniels out no, of his office. I'm not before saying he no, sat in a no, chair. I'm not saying I'm not saying that. No, McDaniels that won't made, happen. No, I'm saying He's too sharp for that. No, I'm saying that there there is a long list of these of young coaches yep. who have flamed out and been failures. Well, here's the thing. I think George is thorough enough. He will do enough interviewing. He will do enough research that he's not. I can promise you, he will get nothing like Josh McDaniels. Oh, I don't think he will. But I'm saying no, it won't happen. You could hire somebody who just doesn't work out well you know what that that's yeah. why you talk to yeah. references you know at the bottom of the resume you have references he's going to call all of them and more what do we have coming up on just in case you missed it denver nuggets on the west coast tonight we'll uh, talk about their game versus the clippers next right here on afternoon drive with goodman and mason on mile high sports well i need dollar dollar
Avenue Drive with Goodman and Mason. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed at Mace Denver. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Denver Nuggets at LA Clippers, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time. The uh, Los Angeles Clippers, though, without their dynamic duo of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, both currently injured. Kawhi hasn't been with the team all season. Jokic, on the other hand, has uh, been playing with the Nuggets every single game, except that silly little suspension he had to serve, but he got through that, did the time, and he has had a double-double in all but four games this season in points and rebounds. He's also had a bunch of triple-doubles and even a couple 20-plus point, 20-plus rebound games. If you were betting tonight on a Jokic stat line, would you feel more comfortable betting a triple-double or a 20-20 game for the Joker? Triple-double. I'll go triple-double. That's all I got. Maybe I'll bet it just for fun. I'm sure there are odds on it. You know what? I'm going to do that right now. There are odds on everything. I'm doing a triple-double, baby. Right here on FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook. He has had seven triple-doubles this year and uh, only three of those 20-plus point, 20-plus rebound games. But he's been at 18-19 several times. So uh, we'll see how he does against L.A. tonight. Just in case you missed it, Jared Bednar, a first for the Avs franchise. He has become the first coach in Avs history to be the head coach at the All-Star Game as he was announced as the Central Division head coach today. How many of his own players will Bednar be coaching in the All-Star Game? Oh, jeez. One. I don't know if McKinnon's going to make it. McCarr will make it. I mean, did uh, McKinnon miss too much time and not been productive enough? Brandon, year? you can make the case, yeah. should make it. Kadri uh, should make it. So probably three or four guys, I would say. Kadri should definitely mm-hmm. make it. Yep. Yeah. Just in case you missed it, you both were correct in your predictions yesterday that the Georgia Bulldogs would win the national title. It is their first title in 41 years on the football field. We've got a lot of local title droughts here in Colorado. CSU Rams, Air Force Falcons, Denver Nuggets, and Colorado Rockies have never won a title. CU Buffs have not won since 1990. The Avalanche won back in 2000-2001, and the Broncos just a couple years ago, 2015-16. Let's take the Avs out of it because they're FanDuel's favorites. Which other team is the next to win a title? Colorado Rapids. Had the best record in the Western Conference this past season in MLS. I think they'll be the next to win it all. All right, that's going to do it for us. Nolan, Danny, great job. Same with you, Mace. We'll try and do better tomorrow. At least I will. Make it the best possible night you can.